Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Lynn Potter, Pete, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington, coming at you. We got a special guest, Scott Walchick, resident Yankees fan, no longer friend of the podcast, but we brought him on anyway because he's the only Yankees fan that we want to talk to. So, Scott, what's up? What's going on, man? Not a whole lot. I am looking forward to beating the Reds, um, but that's not a particularly huge lift. So I feel like it's a victory if um, the Reds like sweep the Yankees. That would be like the low point of their season. Listen, you know how excited I was when the Pirates won a game against the Yankees. Like I have, <laughs> this would I have be even better. Texted me and said, "What a bunch of fucking frauds the Yankees are!" And I was like, "What happened?" And they were like, "They lost not to wrong. the Pirates." And I was like. Yeah, dude. I was like, listen, can't stop that O'Neill Cruz train. You can't see it, but I do have an O'Neill Cruz shirt on right now in honor of that man helping the Pirates to beat the Yankees. That's exactly why I purchased that shirt and no other reason. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I do like their young talent. They're a fun team to follow. And I mean, I don't have any um, NL Central loyalties, so I'll just go with who's exciting at any given point. So listen, and if there's a bad like- team to lose to... One game to yeah. the Pirates is not so bad. <laughs> yeah, listen, you're fine. Listen, and what, what my favorite thing about that was like those were like the most sold games, or the, the best attended games at PNC Park since 2019. And it's oh because God. like the Yankees were in town. Like it wasn't because of anything the Pirates were doing. It was in fact because the Yankees were in town and like they're never in town and they're an actual good team. So I'm sure people in Pittsburgh were like, oh, wow, like okay. we get to see what like a real baseball team looks like. <laughs> sure did. And also so, the Yankees, right? right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, listen, we can talk about how the Pirates expose the Yankees as frauds all day. I would love <laughs> to talk about that. But we did bring you on, Scott, to, and we have a lot to talk about on the show today. But we're going to start with, uh, obviously, what was a, actually ended up being a pretty great series this weekend. Red Sox-Yankees going at it, four games, uh, ended up splitting the series. So before we dive into it too deep, uh, I just want to get the initial reactions from you boys. What did you think of uh, of that series this weekend? Scott? Um, I would say, you know, it's a split series. Um, I would say despite that, if you had to call a winner, it was the Red Sox. Um, their wins that's were cleaner. Um, but, you know, if that's the end of the world, if playing a so-called poor series ends up in a 2-2 split, Great. You know, um, Cole (laughs) still managed to get the win against the Sox, who he can't seem to figure out, Um, which I would say this is the Red Sox's daddy. um, This game, I would say it was just Devers. I know he, you know, Devers had to have people on base to drive in, but um, his pitches looked better. Yeah, you can also call Devers. He he looked a lot better than before. Devers is, you know, a monster. but I liked it, Gary Cole's press conference afterwards where they asked him about Devers and he sounded like an absolute idiot trying to explain how Devers hits him so well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Game two was great to watch. I, I didn't even watch the whole thing cause I didn't have to, <laughs> but yeah, I um, listen after the second instance of the Red Sox scoring zero runs with the bases loaded, I turned that shit off. I was so mad. I would like, there were like, there was one time I did text Spencer where I was like, Hey, like, I think there's a chance. 
And then they proceeded to do nothing. And then they loaded the bases again. And I'm like, I'm not going to say anything to Spencer until they do something. And then they didn't. And I was like, okay, never mind. Yeah, that was like one of the more like mad times you've had at the Red Sox this season, I would say. I was just like, because like, again, like, and I understand like, you know, that June for Boston that was so great was so heavily run by the fact that the starting pitching had been amazing and it kept us in all these games and like the offense had been contributing, but like, like since like a Red Sox starting pitcher hasn't had a win since June 26th and it was Rich Hill. Uh, and so just watching starting pitching lately has just made me mad because it's really hard to win games when you automatically open with like a six zero deficit. And so it's yeah, like, things were not looking good. Yeah. No, not to say good. the least. So very frustrated the last uh, couple weeks, but uh, yeah, that was the most frustrated I think I've been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the Sox Sox bats are going to hit. They've been hitting, and you know the Yankees have what I think the third best team ERA in the league. Yeah. Um, so if you walk away from that and say it's um, not a great series, I think that's fine, um, especially. Um, given we've got it, we had a day off yesterday and now we've got a three game set against the Reds before, um, you know, Sox come back to the Bronx. So, yeah, um, which by the way, like I, I agree with you absolutely that the Red Sox are the winners of this series. If you had to pick a winner, um, but not so much even like with like the result of a split to me is so big because of how many guys weren't playing. I mean, you didn't have Devers in the back half of that series. Um, you don't have guys like Whitlock, Vivaldi. They were pitching. I mean, it was just rookie after rookie after rookie against the best lineup in baseball. Uh, I mean, fucking on Sunday night, they have Caleb Ort in the game with, you know, his .1 career innings that he had before entering. Which, by the way, at this point, I trust Caleb Ort more than I do Ryan Brazier, but that's a story for a completely other day. Rob Snyder is smacking yeah. the shit out of the baseball. Like, you had all these guys that came up from Worcester and, like, won the Red Sox two games against the best team in baseball so like that's a massive fucking win and it makes me feel way better going into this yankee series this next week where it's gonna be you're gonna get Avaldi and sale pitching against the yankees uh so depending on how sale does today uh one out so far and one guy on uh look you know determine how i feel about him <laughs> yeah i mean we were kind of on the ropes i would say after the first two games of that series yes and we had another rookie pitcher coming up um on saturday so i mean once those two two runs scored in the 10th on saturday you know i didn't feel confident in us coming back and so that comeback right there really saved the series um and then you know they had to come back again on sunday so um like you said the starting pitching has been putting this team in some holes. They came back a couple times, but um, you know, having Sale and Avaldi back, hopefully we don't have to uh, climb out of so many holes because that's pretty hard to do across you know a lot of baseball games. Yeah. Oh. No, I mean for Boston, it was crazy. Like the last game, you know, a four-run comeback against the Yankees. Who again, you know, they're. I mean, everything about the Yankees has been great this year. You can see it in their record. But um, that was, you know, they had only erased a four run deficit twice before that and both were in that series against the Mariners like that was one of their best comeback wins of the season and you did it when you really needed to win you know to, you know obviously every win's important but for me that was like more of like a moral victory like you said you split the series 
you were, you know, you weren't feeling great after the first two games and all of a sudden you end up getting a split, which you'd ask me on, you know, after Friday's game, I would have been like, no way we split the series. Like we're going to get fucked. I thought we were going to get swept. I, I really am fucking That's shocked. That's how it felt. One, one game. Yeah. That's how it felt at the time for sure. I also think um, from the Yankee side of this, that it did kind of show, you know, all of the things that have gone right for the Yankees and um, all things considered, it wasn't a terrible way for these to um, come out. But I think a lot of um, the tightropes that the Yankees have been walking that have all yeah. turned out really well um, were kind of exposed. You know, you see Nestor gave up four in the first inning. Uh, Tyone is not pitching well um, the last few starts. And this was kind of the exclamation yeah, point on that. His last four. Wandy Peralta. Um, you know, Clay Holmes gave up a run. That doesn't happen. Um, Love so I it. think. Love to see it. The, is, it was on terrifying uh, whatever <laughs> by the way like i like basically he's pitching like mariano rivera like i know that's like sacrilege to say that but uh he's he feels he as unhittable as mariano rivera was like as an opposing fan so yeah um, and like you should you, you should about- feel so confident when you're in the ninth inning with him Oh, I, I was what? shocked. I was I think I said out loud um from the couch. I was like, he's human. Um when <laughs> yeah. he gave up that base hit of the middle. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's a lot of things that the Yankees have been able to count on, which is um, you know, not necessarily your top of the rotation guys um still coming in and giving, you know, at least five innings, three runs, um, at the worst case scenario. And that's not gonna happen every time. And mm-hmm. it's at least is being drawn um, drawn out a bit now. So there's, you know, still plenty of time to fix it. It's also before the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to nest. It may at least raise a flag for the front offices to be like, okay, maybe we do need to add some depth, um, yeah. whatever that looks like. But because that, that's interesting, like, because before this weekend, I would have been like, I don't even know what the Yankees need to fucking add at the trade deadline. I can give you a laundry list for the Boston Red Sox of things that they need. But for the Yankees, need an like, outfielder okay. and a real shortstop. <laughs> oh, dude, I IKF at shortstop is rough. It's brutal. Like, um, and wasn't like I feel like he was known for his defense before he got here. Um, he yeah, was. I mean they they traded for him as a glove for a shortstop, but I mean yeah. I looked into the numbers before the season started and it looked pretty good, but also not he as started. great as everyone. Yeah. Um, so made him out to be. Last year, at the beginning of the year, it was like the first like two months of the season, he was getting like like dark horse MVP love because his war was so high purely because of his defense. Yeah. Um, but like watching like like you said, like after uh I watched that just god awful throw on Sunday night where he just was not good. And I like so I saw something where it's like he's got like the fourth worst uh DRS among like AL shortstops. And I was yep. like, yikes. Uh, that is like, that's tough. That's not what you want to see. And obviously like some of that stuff is subjective. You know, I feel like people have felt that way about like Xander Bogarts for a long time, but I feel like Xander Bogarts is a better shortstop than people, you know, like to lead on about. I'm not saying he's a gold glover, but, um, yeah. Xander Bogarts is a pretty bad shortstop. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know. <laughs> We've talked But you can but... have a pretty bad shortstop when you put up the offensive numbers like that. Well, oh, absolutely. I, IKF exactly is an eight-hole guy at best. Like, yeah. Um, but you know, again, it's point. small things that need band-aids, um, for the team, um, as opposed to having like seriously glaring holes that could, which is um, great. Like, you know, and like yeah. you can do that and not have to give up the farm, which is where you want to be on a team. It's like, it's not like, you know, 
you don't have to give up a ton of guys. Like you can go find, you know, make a move that maybe just plugs that hole. And yeah. Well, it. unfortunately, um, all of the fans want Peraza to come up. He's doing, he's playing great in triple a, um, and you don't lose anything. If he's not good, you're not losing anything based on, um, yeah. who he'd be replacing, but you know, they, uh, for service time reasons, they don't want to do that right now. Yeah, but, which like which is I, fine. I get that. Um, I don't know if I'd want that either. Um, and like, I mean, you can always make a move for a guy, and if that doesn't work out, you can always go with Barraza. Like, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I honestly, I have no idea because I haven't even looked into it. Because the Red Sox obviously don't need a shortstop. Uh, I don't even know who like is fucking available in the market for a shortstop. That you would get. Pretty much nobody. I was looking yeah. at it the other day and it's, you know, small pieces, but um, no one who's um, reliable or really a name. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, the only name that can come to mind for me is Jose Iglesias, but, like, he hasn't been good this year. <laughs> so, to me, he's been fine. Uh, Jose Iglesias. Like, like, I mean, he was great, you know, for Boston at the end of last year just was you know to come up and contribute the way he did and then not be able to play in the postseason was awesome but uh yeah uh i was looking at his numbers and i'm like no i'm good as long as the yankees can uh acquire this year's joey gallo for the yankees um you know that that'll make me happy they can add a new joey gallo that'd be that'd be great strong move for them last year so looking good now too oh my god what was the fucking there was some yes or uh, Michael K show drama with Joey Gallo. Some fucking guy called in. I don't remember. I saw it on Twitter. That's beside the point. I have no actual point to there besides that. <laughs> everything about Joey Gallo. Um, okay. Back on back on a little bit more of a track. Uh, if you had to give an MVP to this series, who are you giving it to and why? Uh, and you know what, Spencer, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead off with you, Spencer. What do you got for me? Wow, I'm honored. Um, I got Cutter Crawford. <laughs> okay. Uh, because he saved the series. He kept us... Well, I mean, you could argue that <clears throat> Alex Verdugo saved the series. But I'm going to argue that Carter Crawford uh, saved the series <laughs> because he had a strong start. He kept us in the game. He didn't blow it immediately like literally all the other starting pitchers in the series did, yep. including Nick Pavetta. Um, I'm disappointed in you as well. But um, yeah. That's that's basically the gist for for why he gets Series MVP and good two good outings in a row for Cutter Crawford. So maybe yeah. turning the corner there. No, and that's huge because here I got his numbers here in his first uh, ten appearances, which was two starts and eight just relief appearances. Um, he had a six four one ERA, so not great, very bad. Uh, but in his last two starts, given up one run in 10 and a third. So like you said, like turn a corner and at a really fucking good time for Boston. I mean, it's just, it, like you said, like he, a crucial you time know, for sure. He, Cause like you said, you know, like I, I, it felt like coming into that, like they were really framing that game as a bullpen game. They were like, oh, you know, cut a Crawford, him, you know, go three innings or whatever. And like he went and he dug deep and he kept Boston in that game. Yep. I mean, listen, I'm going to – my vote is Alex Verdugo because he's been great and he's back. Shocker. He's absolutely mashed the Yankees this year, um, 10 for 27, in case anyone was wondering. Um, but you could argue, and you you know you probably will argue, that 
Verdugo can't even walk it off against the Yankees unless Cutter Crawford keeps us in that game at the beginning because it wasn't like every other game That's where like point. an absolute shitload of runs were scored. Like it was tight for a long time. If the Yankees blow that game open at the beginning, like you don't even get that opportunity. Yep, exactly. So, but yeah, so my vote there is for no Verdugo. Verdugo hero moment without Cutter Crawford. Absolutely. There you go. Um, I know the answer is going to be no, uh, and I know that Scott <laughs> feels the same way. But I don't. I don't care. Does does this does that walk up at any like point change your opinion on Alex Verdugo? Me? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> was, like, not even, like, a little? No, he hit the ball once. Congratulations. Like, uh, literally, theory, literally thousands theory, of people have June, done that. He's hit the ball a bunch of times. He's hitting over 300 since the start of June. I'm just saying. We're mid-July. Cool. He's having a good month to get back to being average. That's, no, he's, like, he's back. that's how being he's average back. works. Is, no, okay. he's, he's back. It's fine. Um, I was listening to Inside the Monster yesterday, and, okay. um... Steve Peralt was going on about how Alex Verdugo is the most clutch player on the team. And I just wanted to just speak Steve? through the podcast and be like, Steve, Steve, clutch players don't exist. Stop, please. Steve gets it. <laughs> Steve knows. No. Well, Let's I'll say that. It doesn't exist. I'll say that um, from the opposing standpoint, uh, while he's not necessarily. Um, oh, I just found out on baseball reference that he and I share the same birthday. Um, wow! <laughs> like everything, like born on the same like year. Uh, he's a, he's a year older than me, but okay. besides that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's neither here nor there. Um, I will say that for someone who bats, um, you know, later in the lineup, um, who maybe hasn't had the greatest year, he's still a scary out. Like you never walk in and or have Verdugo in the box in a tight spot and feel that comfortable because you know he has the tools to. Um, yeah. really make you pay. Um, but, you know, again, he's not um, – he's still not the same presence as one of those top top of the lineup guys. No, no. Right. And like, I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying that, like, Spencer doesn't Spencer, – Spencer's ready for him to be off the team and gone. Uh, and I think no, he's – I that's – okay. I said at the end of the season – I'd, yeah, you're you're that that's you being ready for him to be gone. <laughs> that is literally is it, like. Did I say today? Did I say right like, now? No, it's like I said ninety days away. Year, in case you're before, wondering, you, that is that is basically being prepared for a departure. Like that, that's not a, a like it's a long oh. ninety days. It's a long ninety days. <laughs> I'm just saying though. Like it, I mean, you've been ready for this departure for a long time. A long. No, time. I I pre- I was preparing for it. I. It's still going to happen when it's going to happen. Is that it's today? Not, no. It's not going to happen. I mean, I just I'm just saying. Because he's back. Happen. He's back. That's fine. He's back to being average. Cool. Congratulations. He's, listen, keep hating. Keep hating. And when I'm, I'm not even hating, I'm just calling to... him average. Like, I'm just calling it what it is. Listen, it's what I do. You're, you're going to wear the Verdugo chain when he gets his, what, WRC plus above 100? Yep. And, and has it stay there by the end of the season. Absolutely. You still got a ways to go for that. But we got ways to go in the season. Like Spencer said, a long 90 days. He just got to keep doing it. Alex Verdugo, trust the process here, guys. Okay. All right, that's my that's my rant. Scott, MVP of the series. Um, uh, from the Yankee side, it's pretty easily Josh Donaldson. Um, yeah. You know, he had two home runs, seven RBI in the first two games. He tacked another hit in that first game. Um, and... 
uh, he scored twice in the second game. So, I mean, he was everywhere. His defense is, um, is so valuable. Um, you don't get that from, um, uh, you, you don't get it from DJ LeMahieu exactly. He, I mean, he's a great defender, um, but he's not quite, um, at the same point since he is so versatile. Um, but you definitely don't, don't get that with Gio Urshela this year. And I think it, you know, he was the difference maker on both sides of the ball. Um, he also kind of needed that he's been struggling. Um, and just before this series, he started to show some real signs of life, but I think that was a, um, a big confidence booster, um, at least for the fans. I'm sure it is as a player too, but, um, you know, there, there were a couple of weeks where Donaldson walk into the box and you go, um, kind of take a deep breath because it could be a pretty ugly at bat. So um, you don't win those games without him. Um, and it's also nice to see that things are going in the right direction uh, for him a bit. Yeah. And I, mean, I hate having Donaldson we... on the Yankees. He's just the worst. <laughs> like he's just the biggest asshole. And like, it just makes it worse being on the Yankees. Oh, see, no, it's like, I love taking those guys and putting them on the Yankees because it's like, I already didn't really like you, but now like everyone else can collectively not like you because like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're on the same page there. I mean, I didn't like him before he was a Yankee, but he's my asshole now. So (laughs) you're like, God, God damn it. Yeah. That's like, uh, what was it? It's like Chris Sale throwing a connection in the Worcester locker room where it's yeah. like everyone that's not a Red Sox fan is like this angry scumbag. And like, we're all like, that's my pitcher. Like show an energy and passion. Like, let's go. Yeah. That is the perfect example of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, everyone's like, oh, classic Chris Sale. And you're like, yeah, but that's my asshole. Like you don't insult my asshole. Like that's, that's my guy right there. So, hey, listen, almost uh, we got we got two outs in the bottom of the second for Chris Sale right now. So we're going, we're still going, still rolling here. Decent, decent outing so far. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Scott, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank for you for having me. Time. It's always fun. Uh, is there any final thoughts before you uh, depart? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I'll put the, I'll put this up um, for you guys. Who scares you more down the line? Because um, let me back that up. Who's who do you not want to see come late in the season in October? The Blue Jays or the Rays? Because everyone's been flipping around. Um, I think all three of you guys have been um, swapping around for that number two spot, and I can't figure out who I'd want to see the least. Um, um, are we including say- the Red Sox in that, or just Rays and Blue Jays? Um, well, I mean, like for you, for you guys, it'd be hard to, uh, you know, yeah. take that bias We're, out. But I mean, that's... for me, all three teams, I don't know. Uh, right now, the Rays don't scare me the most. But as soon as the Rays don't scare me is when they always um, exactly do me dirty. Well, so. and as a Yankees fan, I would be scared of the Rays the most because it feels like that's the team that like whenever you fucking get somewhere, like causes you the problem. And Yankees fans everywhere are like, we've spent more money than you. Like, how can we not beat the fucking Rays, like, every time? Yep. That's what it feels like. Plus, the Blue Jays are just, like, their pitching is so dead at this point. Yeah. Their, bull, their bullpen, um, we may have to admit that Scott might have been right about this. Their bullpen is, is pretty shit. And yeah. It, I just don't see it, like, getting that much better. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, at this point, like, if I had to pick one of those three teams to be, like, the AL East wildcard team that doesn't end up making it, that gets bounced by like a guardians or I don't know any other fucking team. Um, I would probably pick 
the Blue Jays as that that weak link right now. Yeah, I'd agree. Which is interesting, just given their high expectations this year, and they which, do like, still okay. have all those weapons. Yeah. But. Which, listen, Scott, you were you were right about that too. Like you at the beginning of the year, like as much as I hate to admit it, you were like, guys, like there's still a lot of problems on this team. Like everyone's just hyped that they made all these moves, and it's like, yeah, now it's just like I don't know, like. Obviously, the Red Sox can't beat anybody in the AL East at this point, so that's not really like a fit. Like from my perspective, I haven't seen us beat anybody, but uh, they're the team that I'm like, I just like, and maybe it's because like like the Rays are probably exactly where I think the Rays were gonna be. Uh, mm-hmm. The Blue Jays are much worse than I thought they were going to be because I really thought they would be like up with you guys, like where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, well, all right, Scott. Thank you so much for coming on WinPod Repeat. We'll have you again. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, go Red Sox this weekend, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks for having me. Bye, Scott. Thanks, Scott. All right, Spencer. It's just you and me again, hanging out. All natural orders restored to this podcast. We, uh, uh, we told Scott that he was right enough, I think. Yeah, I think so, that. too. Yeah. Listen, uh, it's hopefully not going to happen too much more often, but... I don't know. Yeah, we would hope uh, not. I, we're trying our best not to. Uh, hoping for, listen, we've got a split. It's better than better than a sweep. So if we swept, he wasn't getting invited on the podcast. We're going to be honest. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's true. We couldn't do that. Yeah, so. But all right, on to, on to bigger and better things. Um, obviously, all-star roster announcements. Uh, so Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, both named to the AL all-star team. Now, J.D. Martinez as well, a new addition today. Um, since Jordan Alvarez is hurt and will not make it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only year that he, J.D. Martinez, was not an all-star for the Boston Red Sox was in 2020 because there was no all-star game. Uh, yeah, so it was a fake season. So It was a fake season, so it didn't even didn't even count, didn't even matter. Um, right. Dude's great and well-deserved. And, you know, the only reason he wasn't in initially in the first place was because you had fucking Shohei Otani and Jordan Alvarez ahead of him, like, two guys that are having just absolutely ridiculous seasons. Yeah. I mean, but like Shohei still hasn't even like been as good as JD as a hitter. I'm pretty sure. No, so, I mean, Shohei's getting um, voted in as both because of the, you know, overall right. of, but yeah, he's been a lot better as a pitcher this year. So unbelievable so, as a pitcher this year. Yeah. Fine, whatever. So, yeah. But all right. So obviously we know who uh, made the all-star team for the Boston Red Sox, but when we're talking about guys that didn't make it, who's who's the biggest snub to you? Um, R.I.P. Nick Pavetta. That was uh, that was a tough way to end the season. I mean, it was tough because he had that bad start against the Rays, which all but nuked his chance at being an All Star. And I I even said before that start that he probably wasn't going to get it due to other pitchers doing well. Um, and then you know he got blown up, and then they already made the announcement, and then he got lit up again. So. I think Nick Pavetta could really use an all-star break here. Yes, um, I, I think so. Too. So I'm kind of glad he's not pitching in the game, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's kind of a snub. He's probably like our best pitcher. JD was definitely a snub before he got added today. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's kind of it. I mean, Driver, I guess. Yeah, I game. think I think like, and I understand like the you know. Because how many innings has, has Shriver thrown? Like, I understand, like, the body of work for him because he was a guy that, like, kind of had to earn his way into a role more consistently. Didn't have the innings, 29 innings pitched. Um, 
But I mean, I feel like that's a good half a season of innings. For yeah, Randy I mean, Pitcher. He's, he's got a one point nine B WAR and a zero point six two ERA. Like, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, like he. I mean, he's been like unbelievable. I mean, he's been one of the. Uh, I mean, he's been one of the best, probably fifteen relievers in baseball this year. Yeah, um, but I feel like for relievers, the name recognition is what gets you like an all star. Yeah, group. absolutely. The to some haters, degree, that's every position, but especially yeah. for relievers. Yeah. So no, especially because, like you said, like because you're only getting twenty nine innings, like when you're talking about people seeing like your body of work, you don't have a huge body of work, and if you don't have the name recognition, it's a lot harder. Um, yeah, exactly. But you know what, man? Like, doesn't take away like for John Schreiber. I mean, a guy that had you know thirty one career innings coming into this year um, to pitch the way that he has. Like, I don't, you know, it would have been a really cool story to have him get in. But um, I would love to just see him, you know, do more of this in the regular season and then you know make his name potentially in the postseason for the Boston Red Sox. Um, yeah, that would, that's the more important thing. Who gives a fuck? I mean, because you know, also as a relief pitcher. Most of the time, you don't even get in the All Star game. Like they're bringing in starters, yeah. which you know, two or three. Like unless you're that name, like unless you're Josh Hader coming in to close out an All Star game. Like that's kind of where you see it. So it's like John Schreiber could have gone in and not played, and it's like, okay, would it have been cool for him to go to LA and do all those things? Absolutely. But um, yeah, I think besides that, you know, I know that there was that. You know, people love John Schreiber. Those are like the best tweets that I put. They out. really do. John Schreiber tweets. Um, which is hilarious. I mean, I love it because, like, just like a, you know, a unique backstory. You know, guy that nobody really knows. And pe- people love him, and then the analytics people love Franchi. Those are those are the two. Yep. I know there was the you know the very quiet analytics Franchi for All Star, um, haha. But you know, again, realistically, Franchi Cordero not an All Star, um, and that's fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I, not, I, not I, not I have close. no expectations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are the, those are the only ones for me too. Like I, I'm even like let's like I'm pulling up the lineup right now. Like yeah, like Trevor Story, if he had kept up what he did in May, would have absolutely been in consideration for an All Star. But he you mm-hmm. know cooled off again, um, and okay. a two twenty two average is not gonna get you into the All Star game. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's it. That's that's all I got for that. Um, I mean Vasquez has been unbelievable lately. Like I think since what it's like since uh, his last forty four games, he's hitting. Three over three fifty something like that. His numbers are absurd. I, I tweeted every time he does something. Um, but Alejandro yeah. Kirk's been so incredible. That, yeah, he's just been better. You know. Yeah. So and you know and that's fine. I mean Vasquez is. I mean it's it's so interesting, right? Because like Vasquez still doesn't really have like the power that he had back in like nineteen. Um, but he's just roping doubles. He's got eighteen doubles this year. So yeah, he's just got a sweet which, swing going this year. Yeah, so it's great, man. Keep it up, and uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, so I think that's the only, those are the only ones that I think would garner thought, so, um, but yeah, so next question, obviously, we'll keep it all-star themed, since we're having this discussion. We're slowly seeing more names uh, come to the Home Run Derby. Albert Pujols uh, was one of them. Today, Kyle, Kyle Schwarber announced, which was very cool. Um, I'm actually excited to see Kyle Schwarber in the Home Run Derby. Yeah, that'd be fun. We still so, have lots of love for Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, also seeing the first base play from the Red Sox this year really makes you miss Kyle Schwarber. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Obviously, there's still some names to be announced, but so far it's, uh, yeah, it's Pujols, it's Schwarber, it's Ronald Acuna Jr., 
It's Juan Soto, Soto. and it's yeah. uh, the reigning two-time champ, Pete Alonso. Um, so what, yes. three more players to still be announced? Uh, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I think, <laughs> believe it's a field of eight. Uh, so yeah, okay. three more to be announced. Uh, but yeah, so my question is, obviously, uh, I really doubt there will be any Red Sox players that are in the home run derby. Um, mm-hmm. But if there was, who would you want to see? Uh, Franchi. I want to see him hit bombs. Ooh! See, it would, uh, it would be pretty great to watch his majestic um, deep home runs. I mean, he could also pull like Robinson Cano and hit like two home runs. Yeah, uh, that also feels possible. But you know, yeah, you know, it's interesting, right? Yeah, I feel like Franchi's a guy that's built for a home run derby because I feel like that's what made that's him what like saying. a top prospect. Is people yeah. saw how hard he can hit the ball, and I feel like he's just a monster in BP. Like, his problem has just always been, like, being patient against live hitting and not chasing. But it's, like, right. if you know it's going to be where you want it, like, he's just going to absolutely crush it. I mean, for him, I think it's just having a good guy toss it to you. His is going to be slowly dependent on, like, who he gets throwing him the baseball. If he's got a good guy tossing him just right up the middle every time, yeah. And, I mean, like, he'd be fun. Like, he would have been fun, like, with Soto hitting that ball 520 feet at Coors last year. He would have been a fun guy to see do it at a place like Coors. Yeah, that would have been awesome. So, um, I'm a little biased, so I'll give you backstory on on my uh, pick. So, okay. obviously, back in 2017, uh, I worked for the or I interned for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, who were hosting the Eastern League uh, All Star Game, and mm-hmm. most notably uh, in attendance at said Eastern League All Star Game was one top Red Sox prospect, Raphael Devers. Um, yep. And so I got to be on the field while they did the Eastern League home run derby, um, of which Raphael Devers was not a part of. Um, many oh, a fan in New Hampshire were disappointed. Yeah. Um, and it was an electric time. It was a really good time. Um, who was it that won? Oh, my God. I forget who won. I don't even care. Uh, but I, I want to see Raphael Devers because, you know, I, I, one, I think he would just like be a really fun guy to be in a home run derby because like he's already animated at the plate, and so to see him yeah. in like an event where like it's just hitting home runs, I feel like he'd be a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if he'll ever do it. One, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I have this feeling. I mean, I think he would if he got invited. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to do it this year because obviously he's banged up. So I think yeah. that the Boston Red Sox brass would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's let's settle down, young Devers. Right. Um, but he'd be fun. I, I like, I mean, like, I mean, there, there are a bunch of guys that I feel like, uh, Franchi's a good pick. Like, the more I think about that, the more I really like that pick. Like, he would just be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good, good take, Spencer. So my next question is then, so that's current Red Sox, but uh red sox the pass like what what like vintage like you know childhood hero red sox player do you want to see in the derby yeah so i had to think about this a little bit like you know the easy choice is like big poppy but he was in it and he won it exactly it's already happened yeah um and like i don't know my red sox fandom like doesn't go that far back um like to go before david ortiz basically um, so I just picked Pedroia because, like, laser show. And, yeah. um, you know, like, obviously he has the ability to hit homers. And uh, just to see him, like, if he's trying to do that, I feel like he would put up a good effort, you know? 
Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, I actually like that a lot. Um, like, think about it. Like, you know, the smallest guy in baseball out there trying to, and like, we've seen him do it. I mean, I love like Pedroia's swing is always so like iconic to me. Cause like when he's swinging home runs, like he, it feels like he's like, you know, when like you were playing like wiffle ball as a kid and you were like tomahawking swinging, like you were just swinging yeah. everything. Like that's well, how yeah, Pedroia's swing always that. Yeah. So yeah. like, I just feel like that would be fun. Like seeing him in the derby. And like you said, like he could be a guy that like maybe like surprises you and you're like, you know, if you're a non-Red Sox fan, you're like, ah, like why the fuck is Dustin Madreya in the home run derby? Um, I also feel like he would talk a ton of smack. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Like that's like, you know, like it's it's funny, right? Because like, I mean, like I like Pete Alonso. I'm not going to pretend like I'm the biggest Pete Alonso fan in the entire world because I'm not. Uh, but I like Pete Alonso oh, from Run Derby. Oh yeah, yeah you know me. I like I bleed. Uh, orange, yeah, you talk blue. about him all the time. Big time Mets fan, big time Alonso fan. Yeah, uh, I yeah, that's that's me, Pete Alonso guy. But yeah, like he's fun in the Derby. Like he's got music going, he's vibing, he's bopping. Like because like the Home Run Derby, like at this point, like it is the same thing every year, and there's only so much you can do to spice up the Home Run Derby. Um, so I think it really comes down to like the guys you get in the derby. Like you're like there have been years where like the field is just bad, and you just don't care because it's like these guys that you're like yeah, okay like they were they had good years but like I'm not, like that's how I feel like the NBA dunk contest like years you get like a bunch of no name guys where it's just like mm-hmm. I don't care. So like exactly like this year's field is already like shaping up to be great. Like I think Acuna is an awesome home run derby choice. Like Acuna is fucking fun as fuck. Pujols will be fun. Like, he's done it before. I don't have any expectations for Pujols to do anything, but, like, I think that'll be, like, a fun moment. You know, like, all these young and up. They compete, though. Yeah, I mean, listen. Power, for sure. I'm definitely intrigued. Like, if if anything, like, you're just, like, it would be fun if he went and made a run. I mean, everybody, I mean, you know, I know there's people that would probably say it's rigged at Ryan Spader, um, but, (laughs) like, it would be kind of fun if, like, in his last year, in his last derby, like, he won. Uh, yeah. I don't think that he will. But, I mean, imagine, like, a final, like, Alonzo going for three straight and going against Pools. Like, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So, because that's, like, that's what you, you know, you want. It's something different. You want it to be memorable. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, I mean, that's what I'd be fucking going for. <laughs> um, but, okay. Uh, I picked Manny, which, again, I feel like, like, when you're talking about, like, obvious choices, like, I feel like Manny was an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um but like, did he do that, one? Like, I don't remember. I don't think so. I tried to look it up. I mean, I don't remember, and I watched pretty much every home run derby since like 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think so. I, but yeah, okay. um, I feel like, I mean, like, I feel like the most like core memory of like my Red Sox fandom as a kid was uh, when Manny, like Manny and Ortiz, like going back to back in the lineup, and like seeing Ortiz do the derby was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah. and I just like, I feel like that would have been the only thing that would have made it better is to like see Manny do the Derby. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah having, that was, uh, having them back to back in MLB 2K7 was my childhood basically. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean like, oh, you'd dude. win games like 24 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, what's it? There's one guy on Twitter, uh, Thomas Carrieri, whatever the heck his name is. But he'll always like tweet out like old Red Sox lineups from like 2007, and I'm like, God damn, those lineups were so good. I mean, so good. Oh my god. So it's just like yeah, like all those guys from those teams, 
like getting those guys in Derby. Oh, so I mean, like I just like I feel like Red Sox fans really have been spoiled because like they're like even like you, you know think? like they're yeah I mean just like so like even now man it's just it's unbelievable the guys that we still have in our lineup like it's awesome like I look at like a Pirates lineup or like a fucking Reds lineup this year or an Athletics lineup and you're just like that sucks. Yep. <laughs> there's no one to be excited about oh my god so yeah so all right so that was it all right all-star stuff and uh obviously we'll see who they name for the final three guys maybe we will get a boston red Sox player that makes an appearance um but more importantly what's going on in front of our eyes as we record this podcast on tuesday night um the return of chris sale um, his first appearance of the season after hurting himself during spring training. Um, so as we've gotten through this, we've got three shutout innings from Chris Sale so far. Pretty, I mean, compared to the rest of the starting pitching we've seen lately, pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he looks solid. He's getting some Ks. I mean, just, I don't, I don't even care, like, how he pitches today. Just seeing him back on the mound, it just feels normal, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like a normal Mm -hmm. Red Sox game, and you're not turning on the game, being like, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know? Yeah. Um. So you know, it's just nice. It provides a certain level of comfort, and hopefully, I mean, the other thing I thought about recently is we don't talk about how this man is 33 years old. Like, you're probably not going to get Cy Young Chris Sale anymore. No. you, not because of injury, just because he's 33 now. Like the, this is how it works. You, pitchers don't get better as they get past 33. You yeah. know, so we're just hoping for good Chris Sale. Like probably how he pitched last year would be good. Um, and it's like you said, better than what we've had lately. Yeah, and you know, like uh, like we talked about on previous podcasts, it feels like his like energy for the game has been sort of revitalized that he's excited for you know everything that's happening that he really wants to be here he kind of realized you know how fleeting all of this is um Mm -hmm. so i'm yeah i'm excited to see you know what he's gonna be like and again i think just the locker room presence having him with again all of these young pitchers i think really helps having that presence because you know for the the brian bayos and the cutter crawfords and the car seabolds seeing how a guy like Chris Sale just approaches pitching every day. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as they put bubble wrap on all the TVs in the uh, dugout, then everything's <laughs> good. It's all, it's all positives other than that, you know? Uh, listen, uh, maybe they should like put out like a campaign, right? For like Red Sox fans. Be like, do you have any old, broken, like unwanted televisions? Like we'll take. It's the, it's the Chris yeah, Sale. I mean, they button. should have extras like in supply for sure, just in case. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you, just, you, you never know what's going to happen. We still have a whole half of the season left. So, yeah. Uh, you know, come come the postseason run, you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, it could be a phone with David Ortiz or a TV with Chris Sale. You just never know. You know, that is a good point. And Dave O'Brien brought that up uh, on the broadcast when they were talking about it. Because, like, Eckersley was like, this is so bad. This is so bad. And, like, Wait, Dave O'Brien was like, that? yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Eckersley was, like, talking about how, like, we can't be doing that. Which, like, he's not wrong, but, like, Dave O'Brien was, like, Why do we, we did. care? Yeah, like, exa- exactly. And, like, people ignore, right, the fact that he also then proceeded to uh, 
spend six thousand dollars on food for all the minor leaguers afterwards yeah um like i just don't know why we we care that much like this i don't know yeah i I, like chris sale made excellent points in his interview afterwards too where he was like i couldn't do this if i worked at a bank yeah we treat people who work at a bank normally you don't treat me normally you treat me like a mythic being and i get interviewed freaking every day about my job like you know, we don't get interviewed when we go to work every day no. and it's not watched by millions of people every night. So yeah. like when they start, he had a great, I don't know. I just agree with his point. Like if, if you start treating him normally, he'll start acting normally, you know? Yeah. No, listen, I agree. And again, I just like, it's not like he went and like chased someone with a bat. Like he beat up a fucking TV, you know, the Red Sox organization, you know, can, cover that out of their pocket no sweat it's you know i just like you said like it's just it is totally different circumstances um and for a guy that's really you know pretty much been out of baseball the last most of the last two years like i can understand where like he's been frustrated with everything that's happened and so you know feeling so close to being back and having a bad start i understand where you might want to go smash the tv trust me i feel like we've all probably had some time at our job where we've wanted to go smash the tv like Absolutely. he just actually got to go do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's all we have to say about that. And that's how I feel about that. So, um, but the good news is, you know, like Chris sale in theory is the start of more guys that are going to start coming back. Avaldi uh, is expected to be back for this Yankees series. Um, Garrett Whitlock is making a rehab start in double a Portland as we speak right now. Um, obviously not really any updates on Michael Walker and Rich Hill. Um, but Josh Taylor also back on track, making rehab appearances with, uh, the Portland Sea Dogs right now. Um, and potentially we will hear stuff on James Paxton, uh, after the all-star break. No chance. James Paxton. No chance. Good. I mean, and that's fine. Like, I'm not like, I'm not like holding my breath on James Paxton. Um, obviously we haven't really heard anything James about Paxton's James Paxton. going to be a trivia question one day. It's going to be like, be wait, like he it. was on that team? Like, yeah. What? I feel like, like that's going to be like, like Colin McHugh, like opting out for the Red Sox. Yep. Exactly. And like being that. like, Colin McHugh was a Red Sox and be like, yeah, that's right. That's shit. Um, oh, I also wanted to get your thought. Um, obviously Kike Hernandez's rehab has been paused. Um, I'm not feeling too hot about Kike right now coming back. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like no. the skip thing is is um, not healing as expected. So maybe we target an infielder in at the trade deadline. Like we just we don't need a starter. We need a backup. No. And and like uh, other you than know first base. Obviously. Yeah, a utility but, guy. You can throw him around. Yeah. Yeah, because like Christian Arroyo, love the guy, but he's still bad. So. <laughs> yeah, I I could not agree with you more. Um, <laughs> Oh boy. Um, listen, that's going to be, I'm excited actually like next week after all-star break and all that stuff, we'll definitely have to talk, um, trade deadline because it, I mean, it actually, I think, I think the Red Sox will make some moves. I'm very excited. I mean, I'm hoping, I know, I I know we were both probably disappointed last year at the deadline. I mean, Kyle Schwarber ended up being a great acquisition. Um, but I I just I don't know why like this year hey, feels like last year we got Hansel Robles. So, yeah, like I don't know what you're talking about. Like that was an epic deadline last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, dude. Hansel Robles, right? How's he doing? I forgot about him. 
uh, he exists maybe somewhere. No, probably not. I mean, like, listen, in, in the we know about the multiverse now. Maybe he's a star in another, you know, universe. Oh yeah, he's we like a know. closer in another universe for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just in, not in this universe. But to be fair, we did get Austin Davis, and he is legit like a lefty yeah. shutdown guy. Absolutely. So, um, and you know that was a, I think that was a good move. I mean, I think that was a good move for both sides because then that's a, that's how Chavis got sent to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think that ended up being a good move for Chavis because he actually you know got playing time. Yeah, agree. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I you're definitely going to get more moves like that because it's which is fine. Like you know, I, again, I don't want to give up the house, but I want Josh Bell. I like I like at first I was like, yeah, you know, Josh Bell would be nice, but like we, I'm I'm on it now. We proved last year we don't have to give up the house. You can give them a slap dick pitcher. The, the yeah. Nationals they'll take anything. Yeah, I mean, you're I, apparently. I mean, that's what we got for Kyle Schwarber, who again, like in his last 147 Aww. games, has it. Look at Alex Verdugo runs. making a shitty play in the field. Oh, come on! <laughs> oh. It was actually almost a really good catch, but yeah, oh. it wasn't. Let's see, because he oh, it was still a guy. Just saying. Damn it! Listen, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. Just we're just I gonna. Just I mean, I'm still gonna hear out. it because obviously I tell you about every time Alex Verdugo does something good. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's only fair, um, yep. but I still love him, so it's fine. All right, moving on. Uh, listen, we got we got a couple more things to cover, uh, and then I'm gonna let you. And then I'm gonna go see a movie. So uh, yep. obviously, uh, in shocking news, uh, the Orioles and the Mariners have been just red hot. <laughs> uh, I never thought I would say that about the Orioles. Um, who had their first winning month in June. Uh, that was their first winning month since 2017. Um, now we're looking at seven teams within two games of a wild card spot. Uh, so we're going to play a game, Spencer, that I dubbed Contenders. Do you want to play a game? Or Pretenders. I Do you want to play a game, Spencer? I want to play a game. Uh, um, this game yeah, will not include any loss of wins. Uh it will, in fact, just include uh, choices. So we're going to decide whether we think these teams are, in fact, contenders or pretenders. We will start off with the red-hot Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Big-time pretenders? Yes. I will say, you know, I got a lot of Orioles fans, obviously, being from the Baltimore area. I a lot of Orioles fan friends, and they're pretty excited. Um, and that they should Which be. Which is fair. You know, it, yeah. They've had, you know, a lot of shit the past couple of years, so... Um, the future looks bright for the first time in a long time for them, but for this year, at least, big time pretenders. Okay. Now, I mean, listen, I agree with you. Uh, Fangraphs agrees with you. Uh, their their playoff win, uh, their playoff chances went up to one point five percent. Because obviously, big you know, if you're looking at the roster and their body of work, uh, and you know, I mean, the the Orioles are doing it the right way. They have a ton of great prospects in the system. Like they will be a team that I believe in the coming years will become a contender. Um, and if this winning streak does anything for Orioles fans, it should just tell you that your team is doing the right things. And it feels like there are things in that organization that should give you optimism, not for this season. Yep. So, I agree. Yeah. So next one up for us is uh, the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'm going to go with pretender again. 
Okay. Basically, it's just based on their history. I'm going to keep doubting <laughs> I mean, fair. until they Very do fair. something that disproves me, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know. Their bullpen continues to have guys I've never heard of that, that pitch pretty well out of it. So, um, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just not sold. It's not sold. Julio's really good. Which, I'll give him that. But yeah. other than that, Logan Gilbert's pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like Jesse Winker's had a really disappointing year for them. He's only hitting uh, 226, six home runs so far. Um, Suarez is doing exactly what I thought Suarez would do: 15 homers, 242. Uh, Ty France was an absolute snub for the All Star game. Um, I will say that. Well, he got um, hurt, he, didn't he? Uh, he's played seven. Was that games. Dylan Moore? I always get those two. For- that was Dylan Moore. Yeah, Dylan oh, Moore okay. got hurt. Um, yeah, I, I know there's a bunch of like random. I feel like they're the same guy like where they. Play yeah. first and second base and yeah. hit pretty well, you know. A guy who feels like a like like a video game NPC to me is like JP Crawford, where I'm just like like he's just there to me, you know. I'm never like I'm like oh that JP Crawford guy. You're kind of just like oh yeah, hey, like yeah, pretty much. That's just how I feel about him. Um, Adam Frazier has continued to not be the Adam Frazier that was on the Pirates, which is like hilarious. It feels like the Pirates like got a steal for him. Like he's just been terrible ever since he left. Yeah, it makes it's me sad. Funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, I am going to say uh, contender for the Seattle Mariners. Um, also, like, kind of based on history, um, it, it feels like the last few years, I mean, like, last year specifically, like, they were, like, just outside a playoff spot. Like, I feel like there's been years where, like, it was, like, is this the year Seattle's going to do it? And they end up, like, a spot out. So with this expanded playoff, they make me feel like this is like the year, like Seattle, like, you know, they're the team that like takes advantage of that extra playoff spot. Um, I love Logan Gilbert. He's been absolutely fucking unbelievable for them. Um, He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Robbie Ray, um, while he hasn't been overwhelming, um, has in fact proved me wrong. Uh, I was really not a Robbie Ray, like free agent acquisition guy. Um, 351 ERA this year, um, obviously not amazing. But 123 strikeouts, he's, you know, he's not as bad as I thought he was going to be. And he's, you know, doing fine for them. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on them. I love Andres Munoz out of the bullpen. Uh, again, a guy that came literally out of nowhere, but throws 100 fucking miles an hour. Um, so I love it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think Seattle will be a lot of fun to see in the playoffs, so I am biased. Um, but baseball reference uh, gives them a 61% um, chance to make the postseason, which obviously doesn't matter in this exercise because we're just deciding for ourselves. But that's not great. Uh, that's part of my argument, and I'm going to stick to it. You there? Yeah, you got me? That was it. I just uh, right, I finished I my thought. All right. Okay. Well, so you had a uh, little uh, break in the action there. Listen, uh, I, was, I was waiting for you, uh, but we're going to move on. Uh, White Sox, Spencer. Yeah, um, contenders. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. Like, I keep <laughs> waiting for them to turn it around, and then they yeah. keep losing. Like, uh, Lance Lynn got lit up last night. Yeah. Um, Lucas Giolito has been just not as good as you would hope. Um, yeah. Like, Joe Kelly, I saw, has an ERA over nine. I don't Ooh. know, man. Like, does Tony LaRusso need to get fired? I mean, absolutely. You know the to that question, but yes, do they know the answer to that question? No, because um. it's Jerry Jerry Reinsdorf will not fire Tony LaRusso because he like had this fear that like that was the mistake he made twenty years ago, 
And yeah, I don't Jerry know how to tell Jerry Reinsdorf that this is not Tony LaRusso's Major League Baseball anymore. And that, in fact, Tony LaRusso is ruining what could be one of the best, fun, young baseball teams uh, by just being fucking Tony LaRusso. Uh, and I hate it, but they're pretenders to me as long as Tony LaRusso is their manager. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I'd put contender just because of the talent on the team. but Which is I fair. I mean, listen, absolutely fair. I mean, they should be significantly better than they are, and they've just been an absolute letdown. And I, I do. I put a majority of that blame on Tony LaRusso. As you should. So, I mean, Like, injuries, but, you know. Yeah, and injuries. But that happens to everybody. You know, like, as much as you can, like, lay on that for a crutch, it's like, you know... Um, Hey, Grandal's rehabbing down here in Charlotte tonight, so that's good. Yeah, that would certainly help them. So, all right, continue. We're staying in the AL Central. Um, the Guardians. Uh, pretenders. Just uh, yeah, you know, pretenders. They're just yeah, they're just not very good. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them contenders, and I feel like this is like my most bold contenders that we've said. Um, yeah, and I know great. that I know that Tony LaRusso was the entire like basis of my argument as to why the uh, White Sox are pretenders. Uh, well, Terry Francona will be the entire yeah. basis because he, they, I mean, listen, the Guardians are already just way better than I thought they were going to be. Um, I didn't think they would even be in the conversation of anything. Um, but Terry Francona continues to prove time and time again that he somehow can take a bunch of random guys and make them decent enough to at least like be in the postseason picture. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's why they're, they're contenders to me. As long as, you know, Terry Francona doesn't have to, as long as he stays in that dugout they're uh, they'll at least be in the conversation, you know, going into September um, beyond that. Um, I can't particularly say they would be on like the cusp for me. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Every time I look at the players on the team, I just don't, have confidence in them so which like is yeah. which is fair like outside of like jose ramirez and shane bieber there's not a lot of guys to be super excited about on that team yeah exactly so so all right last one for us al east got to go back to it we started with it we'll finish with it um the toronto blue jays who uh lately have been pretty bad yeah one and nine in their last 10 something like that yeah, pretty bad. That's it. Mm-hmm. Pretty not good. And we both said that they're contenders. So, what does that say about us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I just keep just thinking a... of that run they went on last year, where the exactly. offense was just ballistic, and that's just mm-hmm. an image that sticks in my mind. You know. And like again, like I, it just I have a hard time saying they're not contenders with that lineup because that lineup is so fucking good. It's just that their pitching has been a letdown this year. And I know that, like, in years past, that has has been their problem. But, like, this year you were like, oh, like, you know, like, I I mean, obviously Alec Manoa has been unbelievable. Like, he's been everything that you expected they were going to be. And Gosman's been great. But, like, Barrios has been bad. Uh, Kikuchi is hurt uh, and was bad bad. before he was hurt. Uh, Ryu is done for the year and was bad before he got hurt. So, like, this lineup, this rotation you were looking at, you were like, holy shit, they're going to be scary. Uh is like they're I mean listen like you get them in the postseason and Barrios can figure it out and you can just go you know Manoa Barrios Gosman as your three 
Like, Mm -hmm. that could be scary, but they have to get there. And in the AL East, I have a feeling that because the AL East has been so competitive, it just feels like these teams are going to beat each other up and, like, some team like a fucking, like, Seattle or a White Sox are going to, like, sneak in. And, like, that's the only reason I would put any of those teams over is because the AL East is just going to beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Also, I think Matt Chapman just not like that good so um, yeah i i feel like that was another one thought he was you know no. before his injury yeah i mean 700 ops this year that's tough that's tough yeah. that i mean smart. like yeah that's very not what you paid for no definitely not what you paid for so for them it's yeah i mean like you said i mean this is a team that has the pieces where if it all comes together and guys start clicking uh they could be very scary but at this point like they like like we said when we were talking with Scott, like out of all the teams in the AL East, they probably scare me the least. I mean, I out of the four, good. not not Baltimore, obviously. No, the Orioles are the scariest for sure. That's it, dude. Scariest team in baseball. So Well, all right, Spencer. Uh we've been on this we've actually podcast for about an hour, which is pretty good yeah. for us. Uh it is. But this is all the stuff she wrote for this week. A lot of content um, for our fans. Absolutely, yeah. all the content. So, uh, listen, want more content? Follow us on Twitter at WinPodRepeat. We're usually out there tweeting the games. Spencer's out there tweeting the games. We love it. We give us a give us a follow, man. Yeah, absolutely. Occasionally, yeah. listen. He's in there for the. He's in there for a good quip. We love that. We love Spencer's quips. Keep keep quipping away. I mean, yeah, I'm not like I'm not the the baseball savant savvy guy that uh, you are. So listen, I just uh, right. go with the. The quips, like you said. And we love it. And I should basically so, be writing a Marvel movie at this point. Nah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm all for. Listen, uh, next uh, next Thor movie is yours. We're pulling it's Taika. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What is Taika. it? I'll rein him in. Yeah, right. There we go. I like that. That's a good thought. All right. We just need somebody to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's settle down. So, like, you're an artist, but like, let's not so much art. Right. <laughs> so, well, all right. That's all she wrote for WinPod Repeat, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington, as always. We'll talk to you folks next week. Go so.